welcome to the Black Final Collective. I am Jesse. I am the younger one, more youthful in appearance. Uh, some people refer to me as the hot one. With me is Travis, the much older, more balder, grayer, who allegedly plays with poop. I don't know. I would like to see a list of these people that said that you are the younger and better looking one. I demand statistics. Um, I, I would like got to see footage of the poop thing. No, I, no, no, no. There's none of that. Trust me. <laughs> I've got the list somewhere. I mean, I'll have to find it. It's not like I don't have it uploaded in the cloud or anything, but just trust me, it exists. So that, that, that third voice that you heard is Nick from Overmortal. He's joining us, and the first thing he said he wanted to do was watch videos of men playing with poop. Nick, your comments. <laughs> I didn't say men playing with poop. I said Trav playing with poop because, as we remember... Uh, on the last podcast, there's Trav doing his job, and all of a sudden, oh, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, I, you gotta, you gotta give me room here. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shock you with things. I remember, it's proof Wait. that we have one listener. That's good. Wait, and it's just me, and now I'm on the show. So now there's no listeners. Oh crap. We've had, uh, we've had lots of fun with Nick sending us silly songs and lots of trash talking between. Trav and Nick, so we figured we better let Nick come on and defend himself, or <laughs> actually, probably more accurately, let Trav defend himself. Yeah, I have a feeling this is just going to be a thump on Travis episode. Right? Not, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not ready. Um, I, I figured I better play nice because, well, I'll, I'll let Jesse start the story about you were asking me for a tagline for the show, right? What? Remember that? Remember you were asking me for a tagline for the show? Oh, yeah. We were trying to come up with some tagline in your... your ta- I can't remember exactly, but your tagline was like... Travis Stupid or something. I can't remember. You got, you got confused. On. I, I wow, said that's something. Really good. That's really well, good. It, I can, Jesse, I can see why you outsourced that. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened was, was Jesse sends me this message on Facebook and he's like, Oh, thank you. He's flipping me off here with the double deuce. Uh... <laughs> cameras are wonderful so anyway jesse sends me this thing he's like can you write a tagline for the show everything me and trav come up with is stupid and I, for some reason i read that as this is the theme that i want you to, to make this tagline <laughs> oh i guess yeah yeah and so i was like oh so i need to make up a tagline that implies that everything they say is stupid so i start rattling off stuff i'm like you know two guys zero relevance uh <laughs> i don't know good. something like that i mean yeah just this whole list of stuff and Jesse's like, I sent those to Trav. These are better than anything he's come up with. And then, like, a half an hour later, because I'm at work and I'm on the forklift and everything, half an hour later, I look back at the message and I'm like, that's not what he wanted me to do at all. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I'm just ripping on these guys for no reason. He's like, help us out. Help us out with the podcast. And he's like, <laughs> let me help what? Were you were you texting and forking at the same time? You're not hey, supposed to. Um, you, can't te- you can't text and fork. I can do all sorts of things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, so Christ anyway. does not strengthen you to text and run heavy equipment. That's that's. I think you're taking it out of context there. I I think I'm taking it very much in context. You should. <laughs> I'm, I'm texting Jesus all the time. Believe me. So anyway, so uh, so anyway, I was like, I explained to Jesse. I was like, oh man, that that wasn't what you were asking me to do and this is what i thought and i was like trav's gonna think i'm a jerk because i'm just ripping on these guys so then i started trying to come up with something normal and it still didn't work 
Well, yes, yeah, Trav, take my advice. Trav and I were talking, and we were trying to come up with some whatever for our podcast description. And he's like, I don't know. Nick writes songs about us. Ask Nick. So I asked Nick, and <laughs> that's when the clarity <laughs> ensued here. He thought I was asking him for something to just tell how dumb we were because that's how you promote a podcast. <laughs> you said So you said everything me and Trav come up with is stupid, and Nick took that as I'm supposed to build off that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That was pretty good. Uh, I, yeah, I just so, can't, I can't believe you paid him. Maybe ugh, you should stop payment on that check. But oh. clearly, I wait, mean, wait, there's, I'm supposed to get paid for this. Oops. Yep. Just, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe the check got missed in the mail. I don't know. But clearly, uh, the Lord is on our side because God smote your computer and He smote it good. He smited oh it. He smited it like nobody's business. You can text them all you want because you don't have a landline to God anymore. All right, all right, all right. So, Nick, uh, would, would you say the joke is on you? I, I would say the joke is on me. You gonna play the song now? Yeah, joke's on you.
indeed the joke is on Nick. Um, yeah, we've asked Nick to join us because <laughs> Trav rejoices triumphantly <laughs> with a a very exuberant clap there. Uh, <laughs> Nick has vindicated Trav over himself. Uh, no, it's funny. We we were talking about that. Nick was trash talking Trav for. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it lays it all out. But Trav lost the drum tracks for a song that we were doing, the Christmas song, the Grace and Thieves Christmas song. And so Nick started. I was like, Yeah, no, Grace and Thieves gonna be on it. We lost the drum tracks. And so Nick was like, Oh yeah, well Trav's dumb or I don't <laughs> oh, remember no, exactly. Here's, you know the song, the Little Drummer Boy, right? Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah. no drum, drum. They told me pum pum. The song for Grace and Thieves pum pum. Or my drum tracks to bring or something. But I did. Then I lost those things pum pum. I read it. I read it. So freaking dumb. So dumb. So freaking dumb. Da dumb dumb dumb. I remember. I remember. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was just having fun. I didn't realize he was sending it to you. <laughs> and that's one thing I've learned. If I mention Trav to Jesse, and it's something. Like even remotely, like could be taken the wrong way or something like that, or like I, I misunderstood some instructions. <laughs> uh, it's going straight to Trav immediately. You could send him a message that says that I'm your biggest inspiration and you're the I'm the reason that you are what you are, and he would turn that into uh, Nick says you're stupid. So hey, I forced <laughs> I had to like force you and Josh to talk about how much Josh loved you because you were in a Lathian. <laughs> Well, that's awkward. It's weird. It is awkward and weird. You're awkward and weird. No, but see, Nick was gracious. We, we told Nick that, like, okay, Trav, well, Trav was like, look, you tell Nick, if I come through with these drum tracks, he's got to write his own song about how much he sucks. And then that's when your computer died and everything all at once. Yeah. So you graciously vindicated Trav against yourself or something. Yeah. I was running two video cards in my computer, and one of them, uh, just crapped out for some reason and it shut off the power supply and it took me like a day and a half to figure out like i had to pull everything out individually so it's running now but it still overheats once in a while it'll be gone so we thought that um veritas vinyl started as a you know punk label and then we proceeded to not release any punk albums um it's because you are a punk uh okay and <laughs> I'm at I'm at punk like in the hey yo punk kind of I knew what you meant. Um, no, I just meant dumb. I knew what you meant too, Trav. You're pretty transparent. Um, <laughs> but uh, Over Mortal being one of the only actual punk bands on Veritas Final, we thought, well, we'll have Nick come on. We'll let him uh, play his "I Suck" song, and then we'll ask him what his. We, Trav and I had the idea of doing a most influential punk album show, much like our metal album show. And since punk is not necessarily Trav's uh, number one style of music, so we thought we'd get the expert Nick on who could educate us on what his personally most influential punk albums are, and Trav and I would chime in as well. So, Nick, tell us about your most influential punk albums. Okay. Um, I should probably preface this by saying... Get your finger out of the camera, Trav. Um, I should probably preface this by saying... That I'm actually uh, the, one of the least punk, punk rockers, whatever, uh, in the world. I got into punk through uh, this guy that I went to church with who had a bunch of, like, um, tooth and nail CDs. And so I was into stuff. I, I was, like, into rap for the longest time when I was a kid, like punk, DC Talk. Right? Punk rock in church? That's impossible! 
Wait, I know. A, a kid from the 90s got into punk through tooth and nail? That's no new kind of story, Nick. I've heard that one before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so my first, so the, 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 the album that got me into punk, it was the first punk quote-unquote album that I heard, was Sumo Surprise by Go to Hill. And, uh, and I, it was just, it was different. It was harder than the stuff I was listening to. I think the most hard I'd gone was like DC Talks, Jesus Freak. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's um, a great album. Like, yeah, Newsboys, whatever. I mean, Cody Hook, that's a great album. Yeah, and so that was the first punk album I got into. So that's probably my first influential punk album, Sumo Surprise. After that, um, he also had some MXPX CDs. And so I don't remember if it was Teenage Politics or Life in General. You know, the, it was right about the time that Life in General had come out. I like uh, MXPX, just, but Life in General is far and away my favorite MXPX album. It is a good album, although I actually, I think Teenage Politics has a special place in my heart because it was before they got polished, and it was before they started adopting that, what we would call the typical MXPX sound. They were still like, you know, not necessarily underground, they were, you know, it was, it was before they were the big MXPX that you know. So that would probably be my second, a toss-up between those two, leaning towards Teenage Politics. Uh, after that, I'm going to say... Officer Negative, Live at the Roxy. Nice choice. Because that you... album kicks my teeth in. You know what, man? Trav and I were texting back and forth, and and Trav, you know, Trav's more of a metal guy per se, and we were he was going like, man, you know, what are my favorite punk albums? How did we not end up talking about Officer Negative? Because that, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty classic. We completely missed that, Trav. That's kind of like when you and I when we had to add in Sebastian Bach later for the vocalist, you know. We always kind of overlook yeah. some obvious choice. That's that's a great one. I know here's a, here's mo- a bit of trivia. The, the moment this podcast is over, I'm gonna go do what I have to do and like go. Ah, oh, I totally forgot about blank. I just don't know what the blank is yet. I'll think of a really good bunk album after this is done. Ah. Right. Um, a little bit of trivia. When we, I, I guess we're talking about Cathead Death right now, right? Like we we. That's not a secret. <laughs> uh, yeah, for the. For the we eight people that like follow us on Twitter or something, what do you mean? Okay, so we were looking for a vocalist for Cathead Death Ray, and I actually contacted uh, Chad Wiggins on Facebook. I found him; he was friends with uh, someone I'm friends with, and uh, I was and like, he "Hey, said, man, you guys suck." No, well, no, no. He was like, uh, he said, "Hey, thanks, but that time in my life is over for now, or something like that," which I assume means I don't know who you are. Stop bugging me, kid. So. Uh, there's your there's your trivia, <laughs> and quite a bit of trivia. Um, so yeah, I I actually don't have the live officer. Um, I sent you the track. Oh, okay. I sent you it's uh, I sent you one called the pressure, which is that actually influenced my punk sensibilities. Like now, not so much back when I first started over Mortal, uh, back when there were dinosaurs, but. Um, but now, like, that raw sound, all the snare. Yeah. No, that's so. cool. I've never even heard the live album. I, I probably need to get that at some point. Um, maybe maybe cool. uh, St. Nicholas will drop it in your uh, uh, in your stocking box. St. <laughs> Nick? Nick, I see what you did there. Good ah! Man, we are full of all kinds of good puns today. Well, let's take a break from the puns and let's listen to some Officer Negative. We're Officer Negative, and this first song is called The Pressure. Yeah! 
Pressure from Officer Negative. Dun, 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 dun. I had the wrong one, don't I? Probably. You usually do. So, uh, I guess I'm going to talk about my top three uh, punk albums now. And and Nick said, uh, Nick alluded to, I'm the most unpunk punk guy. I'm a, not a very metal metal guy, so um, my punk has a lot of metal in it, you know? But, uh, that's the best way to have it, in my I, opinion. I agree. I agree. I never really got into, I never really got into, like, straight-up legitimate punk. It just never did anything for me. But when it became thrashy, and it had, like, some metal elements to it and everything, I got into it. Uh. Uh. So, I think, uh, my, uh, my number three that I remember really leaving an impression on me was Generator from Bad Religion. Um, at the time... I was listening to like <laughs> Dream Theater and Queensryche and Fate's Warning and all these noodly beetly beetly bands and I'm not gonna and, laugh um, at any of those, dude. That's those are all legit. They're no, they're legit <laughs> bands, but I mean they are what they are. They sound like the singers all singing about dragons and stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, and my friend was like, "Check this out." And um, I remember that that entire album was the only one of its kind in my little circle that I was listening to that sounded like it did and made me say, hang on a minute, I'm going to turn off all the dragon slaying stuff and listen to this. And that album just front to back was great. And I remember the, uh, you know, the lamp, the, uh, lampshades can't stop crying from, from, uh, wait, am I getting my albums mixed up? Yeah, that's, I was just going to say that's uh, stranger than fiction, stranger than fiction. Like I, I, I've been like, people will just massively talk trash on me because I, Stranger Than Fiction is my favorite Bad Religion album. I and love Stranger Than Fiction. Every, yeah. I remember when it came out and I just fell in love with it and that was in like 94 or something because I was like, I mean I was pretty young I was 16 or 17 or something when I got that album and everybody was just like, whatever a new school poser and I'm like, right. I don't care I like what I like. But yeah, the lamp, lamp pose can't stop crying. Wrong. That, that's the wrong album but I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of the song, uh Heaven is falling. From from uh, from gen uh, from generator that one stuck in my head. I just remember really liking that one. Um, so that was that was kind of like the one punk band that surfaced in the midst of all my completely opposite spectrum from punk. So that that influenced me pretty heavily. Uh, my number two was back in the day. Um, the only reason that I didn't include the Crucified in with my top three metal albums is because I I considered them more punk thrash than I did metal. I don't know how to categorize stuff, but the Crucified self-titled album was like quintessential. I still listen to that now, like I did when I was 13 and 14. I remember listening to it in my Walkman and walking my dog and in the well, middle of nowhere screaming, this is a crucial moment, while I'm walking my dog up and down the street, you know. All the stuff awesome they had album. before that was legitimately pretty much just like hardcore punk, and then they come out with this album that just got a little more metal tinge to it. Like That's that's the first thing I heard. Was yeah, self-titled. Yeah. In my opinion, that's like that's a punk album to me. I know a lot of people say no, it's metal, or like they were ripping. Like I've heard so many people say they were ripping off Pantera, and it's like, oh, shut up. No, they but, weren't. Um, yeah, no, completely not. But that no. album was so good. That's, yeah, uh, that 
self-titled Crucified is huge. But my number one punk album of all time, and it will never change, is uh, Scattered Few, Sin Disease. I, you know, there's there's a lot of people who that album probably tops their list. That's um, such a good album for so many reasons. And and I bet I bet it would top other people's like top three most favorite or influential lists for other genres even. But yet I yeah. still think you know we were discussing this and yeah you could call it some other kind of album, but it's still legitimately you know you can still call it your most influential punk album because it fits in that category and uh, that's part of the yep. magic about it is it it is so cool and so uh, diverse and especially I hate the you know I hate the for the time argument. But really, it stands alone right now as an awesome, pretty amazing, groundbreaking album. Uh, forever ago when it came out, it was just even more so, you know. Mm-hmm. So you can use the for the time argument, but you don't need to because it still is awesome. Right. It still stands yeah, up. It was, it was Believer, Crucified, uh, Vengeance, Tourniquet, all that stuff at once, and Scattered Few got mixed in there. And they sounded nothing like anything else I was into. Um, their album Jawbone of an Ass is one of my favorite albums ever. I mean, I have like I have it tattooed on my body. I have it on my foot, and um, I love that album. That's like, but I don't. It's it's not punk. I I don't know how to categorize that album. So, Sin Disease was like, it just that was that was a kick a dent album. It just it still matters. And Steven, my cousin, unteachers guy. He'll, he'll list Scattered Few as one of his biggest influences. I introduced him to him. I just want to get <laughs> I want to get that out there before he gets on the podcast. So, so Stevie owes you. Everybody who likes Unteachers, everybody who thought Tantrum and the Muse was a good band, I started that by giving uh, Scattered Few to my cousin. You're all very welcome. It's all about trap. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, I, like how, I like how that album, Jawbone of an Ass, is about Travis's jaw. But um, I I see what you did there. I really like. It was uh, a cheap shot. (laughs) I I think a lot of people only talk about those two scatter few albums, and I really I thought Omega Omega Number Five was amazing. I love that album too. I Um, I like Omega. I don't love it. It's it. it, I think you're you just you're more of a punk purist than I am. Not that that's all you listen to, but I I thought Omega was. I listened to it and thought, ah. I was kind of hoping it sounded a little bit more like Grandmother's Spaceship. I know it wasn't going to sound like Jawbone anymore, but when I heard Omega the way it was, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess the fretless slap bass is gone, I guess. Oh, well, whatever. Right. Yeah. Now, they're all, I mean, they're all, they're all pretty unique albums, and um, they're all great. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, yeah, I, I think I got to say Sin Disease is my favorite, but... Yep. I don't know. I listen to Jawbone, and when I'm listening to Jawbone, I go, "No, this is my favorite." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like I know. yeah, I know, I know, yeah. totally. If we have to draw categories and we have to make little boxes for everything, I don't know where to put some of these albums. Like, yeah, Crucified didn't make my metal list because it's too punky, but uh, Jawbone doesn't make my punk list because it's not enough. You know, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. no, I hear you. But they're all good albums, and thankfully, we can just listen to all of them all the time. Yeah, they're great. So I'm choosing. I'm now that I embarrassed myself and I said Bad Religion was a huge influence, and then I got my albums mixed up. Uh, I'm, cho- <laughs> I'm choosing for my song to be uh, Heaven Is Falling from the Generator album. All right, here it is. As I walk beneath the valley, 
Trav actually coming through with a punk song. I was harassing you and uh, thought maybe you couldn't even name three punk albums, but uh, you proved me wrong. Uh, Blink-182, Blink-183, and Blink-184. I already admitted my love for Blink-182, so I got nothing to say in my defense. Some um, 45. Some 45. Um, don't like those guys. I, clearly, I have refined taste when I like Blink-182. Um I got I got into punk pretty early. Like I was for I started playing guitar pretty early, so I always had friends that were a little older than me. I started playing at like eleven or twelve, and so you still do. I, just figured <laughs> that I, I would jump on that before you two asked. Uh, I'm, I'm actually younger than Jesse, so you know, I can't. I don't. I don't fit into that that category. Nick's the young hot one. Trav and I are the old fuddy duddies. Uh, um, I'm the young fat one. We'll put it that way. <laughs> um. But so I was always hanging out with like in middle school, I was hanging out with kids like in high school because they, you know, most kids started playing drums or something in uh, like freshman year, or sophomore year or something like that. And so I, 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 I don't know. I was fortunate in some respects to get into some cool music. And one of the first bands that I got into that was I was already kind of into metal and stuff. That's what made me want to play guitar. And then uh, one of the first punk bands I got into was a friend of mine gave me. A cassette copy of the day the country died by subhumans um and i know gave him a cassette yeah yeah because like, you, you, you didn't you sure you didn't jack that one out of somebody's uh, vehicle no no not this time metallica cassette no i stole a metallica tape for sure um but no this was a uh day the country died subhumans and it blew my mind it's to this day i love that album it's not my favorite subhumans i'd have to say from the cradle to the grave is my favorite but if we're talking most influential that was really one of the first punk bands i ever heard um and there's just so many good songs on that and that that right there is about as close as i come to get to um for like traditional punk everything else that i really like is more 
uh, kind of like Trav and I were talking, a little heavier, more hardcore punk, West Coast, late 80s style. Um, but Subhumans was a game changer for me. In fact, Grace of Thieves even covered a Subhuman song on some comp somewhere. Um, wake up screaming. But anyway, um, <clears throat> the next thing I had, the most influential punk album, this was Minor Threat was probably literally the second punk band I ever heard in my life. Um, and again, it was a someone gave me a crappy cassette copy of um, the first two seven inches. And the, it was such a bad copy that, but I liked it so much that I remember going down to the record store and buying the cassette of the first two seven inches. I know the first two seven inches aren't like an album, but they were released together, so I think that counts. Um, okay. Yeah, but that was so good, and it was so fast, and I just wanted to be that guy. The guitar was like thick and heavy, and like he played so fast, and he, they had a way of playing like. Um, sloppy and tight at the same time like the guitar would be all all over the place but it was all would always like start the measure on time and he'd hit like the stops or anything on time but yet it was still sloppy somehow which added like to the aggressiveness i i I never really been quite able to pin down or uh describe that sloppiness slash accurateness tied together but um had kind of a jangly sort of a like there was a there was a human in between the clicks kind of a feel you know what i mean yeah even i doubt very much they were recorded into a click but you know what i mean they i they they were tight but they were going to town too it wasn't they weren't like refined and you know they were just in there to kick a dent in your head which is why they are they made such an important list like this podcast (laughs) yeah and those those guys were so good and that's part of like i remember hearing that and just like the you know the one line where he says play it faster that like i was like ricky bobby with that like if you ain't first you're last like play it faster like i built my whole life around that just always wanted to play it faster you know (laughs) (laughs) and uh and so that's that's partly why like when fugazi came out i hated fugazi when fugazi first came out hated it because it was like as as we've already established yeah and and, i mean it was just like what are they doing and i I mean i'm a grown-up i like fugazi now i you know I have no beef with Fugazi, but as a young kid who just only wanted to hear something faster, something more aggressive somehow, Fugazi came out and I was just like, posers, you know, <laughs> never mind, they <laughs> became Nick. one of the greatest bands ever. <laughs> Nick, I was going to try to put Fugazi repeater on my list and I was afraid Jesse was going to yell at me because of the minor <laughs> threat thing. <laughs> I, I love Fugazi. Yeah, I do too. Uh, but like, you know, putting it in, in, in reference of... Uh, an ig- ignorant 15-year-old kid, and suddenly he hears this slow version of Minor Threat when I was, right. you know, Ricky Bobbying after Play It Faster. Um, it, like, ruined it for me. And then somewhere along the I, I can't remember where. I, I was in a car with somebody, and I think it was... I think it was Waiting Room. I think that's probably their classic sellout hit or something. That's probably the song everybody knows. But I remember... Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah, bass. Yeah. I remember driving in my friend's car. Oh, it was. I was riding with Justin from Grace and Thieves, and we were riding somewhere, and the bass line came on. He had some mixtape, and I was like, "Oh, what is this? This is really good." And then Ian started singing. I'm like, "This is Fugazi, and I like it. Damn it, I'm a sellout." So, anyway. But as you established last episode, that's not so bad. Yeah. Nah, it's not. Who cares? I like what I like, and I like Fugazi. I didn't when I was a kid, but um, that was ages ago. Um, but my most influential punk album 
and one of my most influential albums, um, period, and probably the most influential band ever for me is... Let me guess. Yeah, guess. I dare you. Uh, Neurosis? Yeah. Uh, Pain of Mind by Neurosis. No. Changed... And I, I, I was relatively late to Neurosis. I didn't hear Neurosis until I was probably 16, which I know is not that old, but I'd already been kind of into music for a while at that point, and I started... Uh, I auditioned for a band called Hardship, and... At the time, it was Mickey, who used to be the drummer for Grace and Thieves, and this guy named Rick, who's still a good friend of mine. And they were kind of local punk rock legends in, in our little town. And they were like, a friend of mine told me they were looking for a guitar player. And so I went to try out, and they were like, whatever, you can't keep up. And that was the only thing I could do. I could play fast. So I could keep up. And they're like, all right, you're hired, but you need to go home and listen to this. And it was pain of mine. And I listened to it, and I was just like, what? It blew my mind. That whole, like kind of west coast hardcore style just blew my mind and that album is still amazing it's probably it's probably not my favorite uh neurosis album but i'd say for sure it's the most influential and that it just kind of uh it changed my world it changed the way i thought about music and it's a pretty rudimentary album for an album like that to really have that much effect is kind of weird and what is your favorite neurosis album <sighs> it, it probably word is law their second one. Um, okay. And I, I'm excited because I think Word is Law is going to be reissued. Um, they did one vinyl press because they were signed to Lookout when that record came out, and they did it on black vinyl, like a 1,000 copies or something, and then 100 copies on clear vinyl. Um, okay. I've got them both. But then Lookout never repressed it, and Lookout is now out of business. Um, and... I suspect that they either gave back the rights or relapsed bought the rights or something. So I'm hoping they repress it. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and one of the things I like about the LP versus the CD is the LP doesn't have... For the CD, the first album they were signed to Alchemy Records. And they then Alchemy folded or something. And they're like, oh, we're never getting the rights to that back. So they re-recorded a few of the songs from Pain of Mind and put them on the CD of Word is Law. And they weren't bad re-recordings or anything, but I just kind of like the purity of the LP without the re-recorded ones. So, anyway. But, Pain of Mind is awesome. Uh, at one point, I, I think I may have known how to play every song on it. <laughs> that's, like, just... Nice. That's how big of a deal it was. So, here is a Pain of Mind song. I, I don't even know. How do you pick? Uh, Throw a dart. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. No, I want to watch you throw a dart at your computer screen. <laughs> Open up iTunes on my computer and throw a dart at it? I would love that. <sighs> like the Shredder in that first Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and on that what? note, here's self-taught infection. <laughs> I'm a nerd.
about? <laughs> yes. Was that was that your handiwork, Nick? Uh, I think that was Jesse. <laughs> that was decidedly not me. Although <laughs> I think what is up for debate is if that was a burn or an invitation from Nick. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! What is it with you and like dudes, man? Like you got this whole I want to get Josh. What the hell do you pronounce his last name? Thieler, see, Tyler. I, want, I wanted to see if he prompted that on his own, but now you just you just opened up the door, <laughs> and now Jesse's gonna be like, "Oh, isn't he hot?" Here we go. <laughs> <clears throat> you get it pregnant. <laughs> and now he's like, maybe I can watch these two guys. You know, he's got like a Kevin Smith thing going here. Dude, having Nick on the podcast is like is like referring to the court stenographer. Man, you remember <laughs> more about you remember more about our stuff than I do. I mean, I, I have a weird memory for stuff like this. I don't. What do you want from me? It sounds my like and my curse. Let's divert my obsession to Nick's obsession with us. I like that better. Yeah, that does sound a lot, <laughs> a lot better. Hey, oh, Nick, you're not getting away with this. Nick, Go let's ahead. test your let's test your mind and see if you. Uh, I'll ask you a trivia question about our podcast. No. Do you remember who our first official commercial is? That would be uh, Skulltoaster.com. Also, our only commercial, so that's a pretty easy trivia question. I was going to be a perfect segue, Jesse, but thanks for stomping all over that. That's perfect. (coughs) It's what I do. You're welcome. (laughs) Captain Fail. Skull Toaster is a daily heavy metal trivia on Twitter post that comes out twice a day. So if you miss it around 1 o'clock, it'll come out again around 7 o'clock. That's Eastern Standard Time because it's the only standard time. Right, Jesse? Yeah, I don't care. I wasn't listening. Dang right. And uh, you just reply to your answer, and the guy who started it, uh, the noise creeping buzz grinder guy, his name's Seth. Uh, he was in episode seven. Y'all remember him. I know Nick does, because he remembers everything, apparently. I do. He'll reply back. <laughs> He'll reply back with whether you're right or wrong. And uh, Skull Toaster has an email list, too. Uh, you're not into the social media stuff and everything. But it's not like the other media lists. Uh, the other email lists, I mean, <laughs> it's a uh, nightly email sent Monday through Friday, and it shows up in your inbox each night around 9. And it not only gives you the answer to the day's question, but it gives you why they were talking about the band and, you know, the relevance of the band and their history and why they're important or legendary or notorious, and everybody hates them. Uh, you're guaranteed to learn something new every week. So go to Nick. Skull Toaster. Dot. dot. Com. Com. Perfect. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter. And if that's not your thing, sign up for the email list. And that's that. Go do it now. Out of all the stupid junk mail you get, this is a cool email to add in the mix. Um, and if you're on Twitter, you can see the questions all day. Even if you're not on Twitter, like I, I'm not on Twitter often. Um, I just like getting Norma. emails even. I like seeing the questions. Like if I do, I and actually, honestly, Skull Toaster might be the reason why I actually check Twitter now and then because I like seeing the questions. And occasionally, I even know the answers. But uh, Seth is just a, a, a mental walking metal encyclopedia, I think, and he knows all these weird things. I'm sure he has help of the interwebs and whatnot. But uh, uh, dude is awesome and has a very cool little metal trivia project going that everybody should check out. We have a. We have a surprise pertaining to Seth coming up on the next episode, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, a little teaser. I can't go into what it is, because then it wouldn't be a teaser anymore. You understand how this worked, Nick? Teasers? Yeah, you can't can't give too much. That was the name of a strip club 
in Statesville. <laughs> so that's I pass it every day on the way to work. So that's where <laughs> I'm at. You gave it away. Seth is now working at Teasers <laughs> in North Carolina. Uh, you know, if you're into beards and stuff, that's. Thanks for ruining the surprise. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get on stage with him and do the. Uh, oh God! We'll do a tandem kind of thing. See Put these... your shirt on. <laughs> do these big fat nipples with some tassels going? Where's the video uh, mute button? This is <laughs> in the Buddha oh. belly. I'm trying to figure out where to put my money. <laughs> in my wallet. So that's all I had. Skull Toaster commercials <laughs> over. I don't want to talk to either of you guys anymore. Y'all making fun of me too much. Hurting my feelings. Okay. Well, everybody check out uh, Over Mortal. You can you can find the digital EP and even physical copy of the CD at VeritasVinyl.net. And Nick, what is the Over Mortal website? Uh, it's Facebook slash Over Mortal. <laughs> I used to have... I used to have an overmortal.com, but I let it lapse because I didn't care after the band broke up. And this other dude bought it. And like he had his little, like he, I don't know, if maybe I'm going to get in legal trouble or something. He's like, actually, like Overmortal LLC or something. And I was like, well, I mean, that's great and all, but, you know, now that I'm in the band again, I actually, I contacted him. I was like, what's, you know, what's, what, what claim do you have this name Overmortal? What, what's, what does it matter to you? And he was like, Oh, it has to do with Nietzsche and the Overman and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, that's great. I had so a anyway. guy, somebody owns VeritasVinyl.com, and the guy's not doing anything with the website. And every once in a while, I get angry emails from him because I have either, I get angry Facebook messages going, this website does not represent my views. And I'm like, what are you, ta- <laughs> who are you, and what are you talking about? Well, I own VeritasVinyl.com. And I go, okay, cool, enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, but- I mean, for a band to have a .com website it's kind of obsolete now anyway isn't it um I don't know I like having I like having some kind of centralized place because already I mean it, it changes all the time you know I mean everybody can find anything just with Google or whatever but the actual right. finding a you know not everybody uses Facebook. Everybody's pissed at Facebook and going to Twitter. Before that, everybody was using MySpace. Everybody depended on MySpace, and they're not there anymore. So I like at least having one central website to kind of link through. Um, and that's why I always say VeritasVinyl.net. You can find Over Mortal there. You can find the Black Vinyl Collective podcast there. You can find whatever you want. Um, I see that for a business. You know. Veritas Vinyl is a – well, businesses make money. Sorry, so let me back up. Right for like your, your your hobby or whatever your expensive I, hobby. I think I think this February when I get my taxes done, I'll post my tax returns in blog form, so I can, everyone can see how profitable Veritas really is. I know you. Someone you said someone actually like donated money for the the Christmas EP, and you're like seven dollars, my most profitable release. <laughs> yeah, I think the Christmas EP uh, has generated about seven dollars, not including Bandcamp fees and PayPal fees. And by far the most profitable release we've ever done. <laughs> That's almost two lattes. That's really good. You know, you could you could sponsor a half a child for a month. That half a child that. is going to be stoked. It's going to get two <laughs> lattes, one latte a week. Um, so anyway, yeah, let's play uh, some Overmortal, and everybody go to VeritasFinal.net and check out the Overmortal if you want to get the EP or the CD. And um, email us at blackfinalcollective at gmail.com or find us on Twitter or Facebook or various other places. Um, let us know what you're up to. Tell us music you've been listening to. Tell us music we should check out. Also, 
Uh, nobody's guessed the intro bit. I made this one really easy. If somebody can name the intro song, I will send you a record. Email us your answer or private message us on Twitter or Facebook and tell us the answer. If you get it right uh, and you live in the U.S., I will send you a free record. If you live out of the U.S., if you pay shipping, I'll send you a free record. I think that's it. What else? I, I have one more thing. No, Happy, New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That was Happy New Year. weirdly out of character for you just to say something nice. I'm not even, I don't even know what I respond. Yeah, well, Thank you. We didn't even, we didn't even <laughs> talk about what kind of loot everyone else got for Christmas. Well, there goes, there goes Trav. <laughs> I don't think <take> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I've done it. I am now the co-host. And on that note, here's the music. Peace out, everybody. I'm a dangerous
and Thibs was trying to record a brand new album. Harder, faster, better than before. I called up my drummer and I told him my ambitions. He said I just can't play that fast no more. I replied, hey grandpa, don't you go being a pussy. This one's going out for charity. He said my shoulder's killing me and I said I don't care. That's the way it's gonna have to be. Just another word for nothing left to lose And Trevi ain't worth nothing but he's free oh, 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 oh. He went good was his when Trevi played the drums And bloody that was good enough for me Good enough for me and Trevi Yeah.